Hey, thank you for tuning in to the Fountain Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you and helps you to see Jesus clearly, love him deeply, and follow him wholeheartedly. Let's dive in. So I've entitled this message to catch your breath again. Sounds like I need to catch my breath right now. But believe it or not, I'm feeling a whole lot better than I was last week, which I'm going to talk about. Can you pray with me? Church, God, thank you so much for just your mercy. And Lord, as we sang earlier, God, Lord, we're praying for the weary souls, God. Lord, breathe miracles. Breathe your life, God. Lord, God, I pray for souls this morning, God, that are discouraged, cynical, fatigued, distracted. Lord, you are an anchor for the soul. So I pray, Lord, that your word will penetrate hearts and your spirit, God, will fill us afresh. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, as the sermon we title talked about, Catching Our Breath, we all know what it's like to not have our breath. You know that time when you walked up those stairs and you're like, "Woo! I didn't know it was going to be like that. If I would have known, I would have like just not even come, right? Or you know what it's like when you go home to your kids and you're supposed to be playing with them. You're kind of playing with them. You're kind of laying down. You're like, hey, can we play rest? Are you guys into rest today? Is that, is that a game? Can we play that, catch the rest game again? So the last couple of weeks, the Amor Channel family, we've been trying to catch our breath. And so a couple of weeks ago, um, my lovely wife, she's going to give birth in like five weeks now. It's incredible. Our first son. And so you could tell how I felt even more like, oh, no, like when she got sick a couple of weeks ago. So it had the flu. So I'm on big daddy duty, right? Take care of our girls. Um, you know, pick up, drop off, meals, all the things. Listen, I already, re- I already really respect her. But after that week, I'm like, I, I have 10x the respect. It is like, at a, uh, it's never been higher, really. And so it's like Friday. It's the day before Christmas Eve. I'm excited. We got three services at Fountain. I haven't like, you know, I haven't caught anything, no sickness. But then Friday night happens, and I, have, I feel body aches. I'm like, oh, no. I'm not going down. I've been faithful. I've been, like, I've been the man. I've been awesome. So much that, like, you know what? I told Lauren, like, if I'm not throwing up, I'm coming to church. Like, I am not missing out. I knew what we had planned. I, I'm, I'm in this. So much that even Friday night, someone's my barber, got a cut, by faith, fresh cut. You know, fresh faith, let's go. Like, we're, we're going to do this. I wake up, guys. And I'm not feeling fresh at all. Like, it's just, it's a slow decline. I'm like, no, I'm going. I told myself, I told Lauren, if I'm not throwing up, I'm going to church. And so I get here. It just gets worse and worse. So much, I'm like, you know, worship, you know, uh, first service, I'm like, I probably shouldn't be here. Like, I should probably go home. And so thankfully, my dad was here. took, you know, my oldest sailor at home. I get home and I'm just out. Now, you know those memes where it's where they say, this is what you think is happening, and here's like what's actually happening. In my head, I thought, man, this is like my flu game. Like MJ. You know MJ, right? 96 finals against the Jazz, right? 
Was it food poisoning? Was it the flu? Who doesn't matter? It's the flu game. He's crushing a game-winning shot. Right? I'm like, you know what? If Jordan could play with the flu, I can go to church with the flu. This is what actually, like, what would actually look like. <laughs> I'm passed out. Alora's got an earache. My wife's wondering, you know, what is happening with our lives. And Sailor does. Sailor could care less. She's just watching something on her on her thing. Guys, it was bad. I was in bed for four days. It's like during Christmas time. I feel bad for Lauren because she just got sick. You know, Laura's not feeling well. I had a fever for like three days that would just, it wouldn't break. Now, I'm not looking for sympathy, but if you give me some, I won't like not receive it right now. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, man, can I just catch my breath? Like, my head was going to pop. There was so much congestion in my chest. You know when you're sick, and like no one likes to be sick, but it's like, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to, like, watch this show and watch this movie. I was so out of it for the first three days. I was enjoying nothing. Like, everything was so slow. Um, I was barely eating. I was just, I was not in a good place. And the whole time I was telling myself, can I just, can I just catch my breath? And some of us feel that way today. January 1st, 2023, it could be December right now for all you know. It's just, I'm just tired. I'm, some of us, we feel really fatigued. We're just, and, and, and you know, there's a difference between being fatigued and being tired. When you're tired, you can take a nap and then you're not tired anymore. When, when you're tired, you can go on a vacation and then like you're, you're, you're pumped up. But when you're fatigued, that doesn't help. Vacation doesn't help. You're just, you're tired. And it's, it's so hard to carry joy when you're just fatigued. I think for some of us, we've been fatigued for such a long time that it almost feels like it's normal now. Like, we don't even say that we're tired, we're fatigued. This is just what it is. And then I think for some of us, too, that our, our fatigue has led into some um, being cynical. Guys, our world is so cynical. Like, it's just everywhere right now. Like, everybody's against me. Everybody has an ulterior motive. This person wants this from me. It's very hard to believe God for the impossible when we have cynical uh, stuff in our hearts. It's so hard to prophesy God's promises over our lives when we've allowed our spirit to become negative. And so we're not saying that, man, you're not going to feel things and things are going to be hard but we don't want to allow the, these things to get into our hearts because God wants to have a childlike faith, a faith that's tender, a heart that's alive, a heart that's breathing and excited. But so often a childlike faith just feels so naive, feels so imaginary. Some of us, we feel not just fatigued and cynical, but we feel distracted, I think, I think that's probably the majority of us, myself included, where there's just so many things to do, we just don't know where to focus. This is kind of how you know you're really distracted when even good things feel weighty to you. Like, I, I love my family, but that extra 30 minutes, I don't know if I can do this right now. Man, I love the Lord, but just spending time with him feels like so much of a sacrifice. The things that are so good for us, they feel so weighty. And so we come into today, January 1st, 2023, 
a little, little, little fatigued, a little cynical, a lot distracted. And then you see some posts on your social media, new year, new you. You're like, get away from me, blocked, unfollowed. Like, get out of here. I'm not having that in my house. So I'm, I'm going to put us all into two broad categories right now, okay? The first category is those that are not goal setters, where you're like, man, I just kind of, I, I take life as it is. I don't set goals. I don't do resolutions. I just, you know, if it's important, I'm going to do it. Can I say God bless you? Um, that's not me, but I respect you. You probably enjoy life, enjoy life more than most people. You're a little bit more, you know, comfortable and just at ease. But can I just tell you, even for those that are not the re resolution type, there's still something in you that hopes for something more. There's still something in you that hopes for something greater, that maybe if, if there's a little stuckness or stagnancy, you want to move forward. You want something new for God to do. There's got to be more than this, right? I know, it's Jan I know it's January 1st, but God, are you going to do something? Are you doing something? Do you want to do something? But then, but then there's the other category of people that I'm going to broadly put you in right now. Is that you bought your 2023 planner in 2021. You're like, I'm more than prepared. I'm ready. I got my productivity class. I don't just do master class. I am the master class. Like, you're just, you're it. Can I just tell you? I love you. I do respect you. You, you. you scare me a little bit, but I respect you. The reality is, we all know what it's like, myself included, where we set, we set the goal. We write it down. But then we get to the end of the year, we're like, what did I accomplish? Or you did it. Was that even worth it? Like, was, was that what it was supposed to do? And so I think that no matter where you are in that spectrum, there has to be a, what do I really need to start this year well? Set goals. I, I, I did that this year. But, but it's got to be more than that. Henry Cloud, he wrote a book called Integrity. It's one of those books that you should read once a year, once every couple years. And he has this idea that integrity and character is more than just not stealing, not cheating, not dating girls that do that. It's, it's so much more than that. So when he talks about character and integrity, he's talking about your makeup on the inside. He's talking about your, your, um, how you're wired and who you are on the inside. So he gives, he gives this illustration of, let's say if you are a general in the army and you need to build a new airplane. And so you grab the world's greatest engineers, you get them in a room, and you say, all right, like, I need this, I need this plane. How are we going to do it? Before you even talk about what resources you're going to use, before you talk about any of those other questions, the first question you're probably going to ask is, what are you going to do with the plane? Like, like, what's the purpose? Is the purpose of this plane to be fast? Is it meant to go from zero to 600 like that? Is this plane going to be used to be in very extreme um, desert conditions? Or does this plane need to be at a certain elevation steadily and consistently? You're going to ask the question, what, um, 
what is this plane going to go through? Because it needs to be able to endure um, the character that needs to go through. So this is what Henry Cloud said. In the same way, the realities of torque, weather, temperature, gravity, and other things put demands on a metal that it has to meet in order to perform and not crash. There are realities that put demands on people that they have to meet in order to perform and not crash as well. And the character of the person is what determines his or her ability to meet those, to meet those reality demands. Demands encounter in the real world. So he would define character as this. Character equals the ability to meet the demands of reality. So basically what Henry Cloud is saying is, is that it's not just about setting the goal. A big part of it has to do with who's setting the goal, the goal setter. That the goal that's set, it's only going to be as good as the goal setter. That it's not just about putting out the goal, but what is happening on the inside of them as well. And so I would say it this way, is that God's will for you is more about becoming than accomplishing. Now, before you check out, hold on. I know it sounds cliche, but just think about those times, myself included, when you put an overemphasis on accomplishing. You put an overemphasis on what was happening externally, and then you look back, you're like, what did I lose? Or you got what you thought you wanted to accomplish, you accomplished it, but it wasn't what you thought. And it wasn't what you needed. You thought, gosh, there's something missing on the inside. And that's because God's will for you is to not just produce and accomplish, but to become who he wants you to be. The inside matters. We need, for 2023, we need to allow God to redefine what we think success is. There's a worldly success and there's a godly success. There's a fleshly success, but there's a spirit-filled success. I would define it this way, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. What if that's how we define success in our lives for 2023? That not just what I accomplish, accomplish a lot, all for God's glory. Amen to that. But let it be from what the Spirit is doing inside of us. Let it be from a place of godly fruit. Because that is the fruit. What? There's no law against that. That that won't be taken away. But there's been a lot of things that we've accomplished that has been swept away. Because it wasn't what God meant for us. And so it's God's will for us to become. Not just accomplish, but to become. And he does that through the inside. You guys still with me? So we're going to be talking about what does that makeup look like? Like, when I say become, like, what does that look like on Monday, January 2nd? Like, what do we do with that? And so 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So Paul is saying... That you're not just a body. You got a body, you got a spirit, and you got a soul. Body, soul, and spirit. And he uses the word holy. And holy means to be set apart. It means to be different. 
And so those three things, they make us us, but also they need to be blameless before him. So really what Paul's saying is, man, we should value our body. We should value our soul. We should value our spirit. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down just a little bit the spirit and the soul and what that has to do with becoming and really carrying the right spirit. And our body is how we connect with the world. A lot of us are familiar with our body, so I'm not going to spend too much time there. But I am going to um, talk about our spirit for a second, okay? So Genesis 2-7, then the Lord found, I'm sorry, then the Lord formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils, and the man became a living person. I love this picture that Adam didn't become Adam because there was oxygen in his body. Adam became Adam when the Spirit of God placed his spirit inside of him. That word spirit in the Old Testament is ruah. And ruah has a couple meanings. It means, it means wind, but also means breath. And so get this picture that when God formed Adam, it was God's spirit, his breath, putting his breath into Adam. And that's what made him human was the spirit of God. Life is not life without the spirit of God. I almost re-entitled this message. I'm going to give it to you because I can. It's not just catch your breath again, but it's catching his breath again. A lot of us, we don't have our breath right now because we have lost his breath. And we need his breath. Without his breath, listen, it's not a silver bullet. It's not something that's going to take you out of every bad situation, but it will give you clarity. His breath will give you peace. His breath will give you joy. His breath will set your eyes on what truly matters, which is eternity. We got to have his breath, his life inside of us. Life is not life without his spirit. And then Romans 8.11 says, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give you life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. So we had the spirit, but we lost it because of sin. And then the same spirit, the Holy Spirit, that raised Christ from the dead, when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've now received his spirit. And because now you have his spirit, you don't have to live by your own desires, by your own sinful nature. Once you've been made free, you're free. But it's by the spirit you have to learn how to live free. And so but apart from Christ, we were spiritually dead, but now we're spiritually alive. You guys still with me? I'm painting a picture. That's the spirit. So our spirit is how we connect with God. Our soul is how we connect to ourselves. Now, our soul is comprised of our mind, emotions, and will. Now, typically when we think about ourselves, we think I have a heart that feels and I have a mind that thinks, which is good, but I think a fuller way of understanding is that I don't just have a soul, I am a soul, and that I have, I have thoughts, beliefs, I have emotions, which are feelings, and I have a will where I make decisions. Here's what's important to understand about the soul. It's that in the soul, we experience great joy, great excitement. 
But also in our soul, we experience great pain and great sorrow. In fact, David, he knows a lot about this. Psalm 45, 6. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior. I want you to notice two things. Number one is notice the stark contrast in David's soul. One moment, why am I discouraged? Why, why is my heart so sad? And then, and then a moment later, but I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior. Honestly, that's how I felt this last week. I'm done. That's it. I don't know what's done, but it's just done. And it's never coming back. But you know what? I'm back now. Hey, I almost took some pre-workout yesterday. I'm ready to go. But by the grace of God, I didn't shock my body. Because who knows what kind of state of mind I'd be in right now. But David's saying, man, one moment I'm good, one moment I'm bad, but then I'm good again. But also what I want you to see is that what we, how our, the, the, the condition of our soul is going to greatly impact how we interpret the world. Meaning, if you could have an earthquake of emotions, you could have a, a terrible thing happen to you, but if your soul is in a good place, if your soul was healthy, you will stand. If you're, you could be in the worst moments, and it's, again, it's not a silver bullet, but if your soul was good, you will be good. Now, let me, let me kind of double down on this, is that your thoughts precede your emotions, your thoughts precede your emotions, meaning that your thoughts, your thinking, it leaves a trail everywhere in your life. Good thoughts, bad thoughts, holy thoughts, carnal thoughts, your thought, there's a trail of your thoughts everywhere. This is so important because a lot of times we get so stuck in our emotions. And emotions are great. Emotions are a gift from God. Honestly, I felt like a lot of 2022, I grew in my emotional intelligence and really kind of understanding my emotions more. So I am not taken away from that, but I will say feelings are fickle. Feelings say some of the truth, but they don't tell the whole truth. And so we need our thoughts to be redeemed by the Lord. We need the word of God to redeem our thinking. Hebrews 4.12 tells that the word of God is what? Living and active. That the, that the word of God will pierce through, cut through our soul and our spirit. I love January 1st because it's the first day of a new Bible plan. And so, man, if you, if, again, if you are not in your Bible, today's a great day to start. Start with us. One your Bible. Let's go. I'm telling you, it will change your life if you let it, if you read it, and if you obey it. Let God's word change your life. But let, let, let me give you some examples. James 1, 2. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What, what James isn't saying is, guys, an opportunity is coming. It's really bad. Um, you know, fill yourself out of this. No, he's saying consider. How you think about these trials really matter. I want you to think of it as an opportunity for great joy. It's not going to feel like an opportunity. It's not going to feel like great joy, but think about it like great joy. Think about it as an opportunity. Romans 12, 2 says this. 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Again, Paul wasn't telling us, hey, when the world stops being the world, you can start being a Christian. He's like, no, no, no. The world's going to pe- keep being the world, but for you, you got to redeem your mind. So you don't copy it, you don't model it, that you are a new creation. Paul's talking to your soul, how you think, how you feel, and how you behave. Let me just, just camp down one more time with, with David. Now, David, he is a mighty man of God, not a perfect man of God, but Scripture tells us that he was a man after God's own heart. We also know, too, that David committed adultery. David committed murder. And we, all, and we, we see kind of um, the, the trail of how he got to that point where David was supposed to be in battle with his men, but he actually stayed back. And there was something in his soul that was off. But Nathan, his friend, a prophet, corrected him, confronted him. He received it. Now this is David's confession of faith, of what he, want, of what he, want, of what he wants God to do inside of him. So he said in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. You know that word create? It's the Hebrew word barah. And it's the same word used in Genesis 1.1, that in the beginning, God, Borah, he created the heavens and the earth. And that word is so special because it means out of nothing. That us, we got to like create with some things God creates out of nothing. So when, so when David's saying, God, give me a clean heart, God, do something that I can't do for myself. God, create something that a, a person or even I can't do myself, that no you know, YouTube class, no goal that I set, no one can do except for you. Only you can do this, God. So God, create in me a pure heart, clean heart, and renew, repair, redeem a right spirit within me. A right spirit. He didn't go to his actions. He didn't go to his calendar yet. He didn't go to his time. He said, God, redeem my spirit. My spirit inside of me. There's something off my soul. Only you can do something in my heart right now. The word right is so special. Because the word right doesn't probably mean what you think it means. It means established. It, 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 it means sustaining. Basically what David's saying is, my soul was wonky. It was going back and forth. But God, I want you to create a spirit in me that is That is firm. That is established in you. That no matter what temptation, no matter what sin, no matter what distractions, cynicism, any of those things, my spirit will be good because of you. Another way of saying it is, the best thing to invest in is your soul. The easiest thing to neglect is your soul. No one's ever said, man, I've invested so much in my spiritual health. That was terrible but we all know what it's like. And season's like, oh, I let that go. Oh my, why did I do that? Me too. I'm not not pointing. I'm like, I get it. I understand. This is why God's a God of season. So if you've neglected your soul, this is the best day to ask God, God, give me the right spirit. Because remember, going back to what Henry Cloud said, is that it doesn't matter like um, the, the goal, but who's setting the goal? 
You need God to do something in your spirit. Don't neglect your soul. Invest in it. Get it healthy again. God wants to do incredible things in your life, but he wants to do it through you and in you first. And so how do we, how do we carry the right spirit? There's so many ways, but I'm going to tackle three quick areas. God, yourself, and people. We, you know, none of us are suffering from a lack of information. Most of us are struggling with the lack of application and obedience. So when you read these three, just pick one. Like, what's the one that I'm going to really tackle, okay? So let's tackle a right spirit with God. First uh, John 1, 5, 6. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Now, What's uh, an emergency in our family is when we're sitting at the dinner table and there is just food everywhere. Like, it is all over my girl's face. It's all over the ground. I'm like, man, our couch is 10 feet away. How is there mac and cheese on the couch? Like, what, what are we doing here? We got we to gotta figure this out. And then the kicker is it's everywhere. There's mac and cheese on the couch 10 feet away. But then, and, and trust me on this one, there's napkins everywhere on the table. But then, taking their hands, wipe it on their face, wipe it on their clothes. And I'm like, what are you doing? This, this is not God's will. This is terrible. And so, <laughs> I, I'm like, all you need to do is just get up. Go to the, go to the, ba- we have a bathroom too, by the way. We have napkins. We have a bathroom. Go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. You can see, it's, it's all there. What John is saying is, some of us, we're saying that there's nothing there. But that's because you haven't learned the spiritual discipline of looking. That if you look, there's something there. John said it. God is light. In him, there's no darkness. So if we walk with him and say there's no darkness in us, we're lying. And the, hard, the hardest part of that is we can't enjoy fellowship with him. And, and I'm not just talking about habitual sin. I'm talking about, which that is included, but I'm talking about those little things that are just affecting intimacy with the Father. The things that aren't, that aren't bad for you but they're, they're taken away from you. The good things that become God things, idols. And if we were just to look and God would show us where there's stuff on our face, he could cleanse us from all, un, from all unrighteousness and all wickedness. You know, a couple days ago when I felt like I could um, live my life again at some level, 
um, I did this thing called an end of the year review. And it sounds a lot fa fancier than what it is. It's just like 10, 12 questions. What did you enjoy the most this last year? What are you going to leave? What do you need uh, healing uh, still from? Questions like that. And by the way, it is January 1st. But if you haven't done that yet, you still can. I, I love this premise that some of us, we don't start a new season well because we didn't end the last season well. So at the end, end of the year review, it just kind of like, it puts, a, it puts a marker there. God, thank you for this. God, I'm still working on this. Let's go, God. Let's, like, let's do this. And so I'm sitting there and I'm worshiping, I'm praying. I don't think I've even started the questions yet. But I just sense the presence of God in such a deep way. And I'm like, God, you are just tenderizing my heart. I can't, I can't put words to it, but the best way for me to say is, God was just tenderizing my heart again. I didn't realize there was just parts of my heart that were just a little calloused, a little like rough. But God was just, he was making me tender again in those areas and making my heart fresh again. But it wouldn't have happened if I didn't look and if I didn't allow him to look. Listen, God's always looking. He knows when there's food on your face. But will you let him, will you put yourself in front of him? Because if you do, there's freedom. And you can see again. You can breathe again. There's freedom when we allow God to, to look at us. And then ourselves. This is when, so having a great spirit with God, just having a great spirit within ourselves. And this is when Caleb and the spies were supposed to go and take new territory. God had promised them the land. The land was theirs. And they were supposed to bring back a report. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. How often have we allowed a bad report to stop us? Bad reports that we've done to ourselves. Bad thinking. Bad, bad believing. Maybe we've even received a bad report from somebody else. And we've just just settled. The land we travel through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of, of Anak. Next to them, it felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. We got to have the spiritual discipline of being faith-filled again, to believe. Look, we, we are people of faith. And we've allowed ourselves to become so intellectually smart, but we're heavenly dumb. Like we're just, like we can't believe for big things anymore because we're just, we've just rationalized ourselves. I'm not talking to myself. And we gotta be, we are faith-filled people. And so when I say faith-filled, I don't mean hype yourself up. None of us have time for that. New year, new you, whatever. If you posted that, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm really, I do want you to be new. But I, I do want you to be faith-filled. I felt, I felt that. I'm like, oof. But be, be faith-filled. What, what does being faith-filled mean? All it means is actually taking God 
at his word. He's got a purpose for you. He's got a plan for you. He wants you to take on new territory. He wants to go from faith to faith, glory to glory. He just needs you to believe it. It's the discipline of being faith-filled. we, we got to believe it again. The discipline of being faith-filled. Our souls want to believe. Don't let cynicism hold you back. Don't let other people's bondage determine your freedom. The, son, the word says that if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. Don't let cynicism, to, don't give any permission to come into this year in your heart. It's got no room. And then when it comes with people, Proverbs 19.11, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is to his glory to overlook an offense. Let me say it again to the, to the second service. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Man, we live in a world, guys, where everybody's offended. Every post is offensive. Every opinion is offensive. Every belief is offensive. Don't hug me. I'm offended. Like, what? I'm trying to hug you. <laughs> what is going on? You need a hug. I'm going to hug the offense out of you. My goodness. We're just so offended. Can I tell you, things are going to hurt. People are going to hurt you. I am not making a blanket statement. But I will say this. Nobody will ever reach their God-given destiny living in offense. You will never enjoy and experience the fulfillment that God has for you in freedom if you live offended. So here's what I'm saying. Believe the best. Trust people again. Scripture says in Romans that live at peace with everybody as long as it depends on you. So what I'm really saying is we got to have the spiritual discipline of being unoffendable. That I want a heart that's pure. I want a heart that's tender. An offense will make us calloused. And God wants to give you a fresh word. He wants to give you a fresh spirit, but not if we're offended. Can I tell you, if you're fatigued today, if you're cynical today, if you're discouraged, if you're distracted, I'm just, I, I am audacious to believe enough that God has more than a new year, new you, but he's got a fresh word for you. He's got a fresh spirit for you. And it's not just about you accomplishing, but it's about becoming. But you're only going to become with the right spirit. And so let's carry the right spirit. Let's catch his breath again. If you catch his breath, you're going to catch your breath again. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your, for your word. God, thank you for your spirit, God. Lord, I must believe in God that you are ministering to souls this morning, God. Tired souls, distracted souls, cynical souls, God. Offended souls, God. Lord, your calling is too great, God. Your grace is too good, God, for us to stay there. So God, give us what we need today, God. Give us goals, but we need more than goals. Give us vision, but we need more than vision, God. Lord, we need the right spirit. If you're here this morning, and maybe you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
Friend, I got good news. He died the death you should have died. He lived the life that you should have lived. He has taken on the penalty of sin so that you can be free. So if that's you today, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. It's not magical, but it is a prayer between you and the Lord. Church, can we all say this prayer together? Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my trespasses. Today I'm asking for you to forgive me, to cleanse me, to redeem me. Give me the right spirit. Give me your Holy Spirit and let me live all of my days for your glory and your glory alone. In Jesus' name. And stay here just for one more moment. I want to talk to believers real quick. Maybe you have lost your breath and you're saying, God, I want that new breath. Can you just raise your hand right now? I want to pray with you. God, I pray from my Friends in this room and online, God, Lord, that a new breath, God, would come, God. Fresh spirit, God. Fresh wind, Lord. God, where there's been distraction, fatigue, cynicism, God. Lord, breathe like only you can breathe, God. Lord, what's going to carry them, God, is not their passion, not their strength, God. But, Lord, it's going to be your spirit, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the Fountain Podcast, where our heart is to lead people to see Jesus clearly, love Him deeply, and follow Him wholeheartedly. You can also find more content by following us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and by downloading our app.